This is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Thanks so much for joining us. Are you curious about the secret dance between politics and investing? So join us in this video where we expose the how the political square can make or break your financial future. So we're going about talking about politics today and how that is intrinsically linked to investing. This is going to be a super impactful episode. So, so glad that you're here. So I'm going to talk about decisions made by policymakers and how that has an impact on your personal finances and your investing. And also I'm going to talk about the argument I make in my book, Millennial Money Mindset, which is basically that the millennials got screwed over politically because they were outnumbered by the baby boomers in voting numbers. And also the baby boomers are much more likely to vote in around 2008 and onwards because they're, they're more likely to vote than millennials. They're more likely to go to the polls and actually cast their vote, which means that they're more likely to get policies which are more favourable for them. So, which is, which I talk about in my book, Millennial Money Mindset. And we're also going to talk about something that no one's talking about on the internet. I've, I couldn't find it anywhere, but it's the political square. There's very few videos on this. So I thought I'd create my uh, political square, which is basically, um, you're basically the political landscape that um, that's in, um, you basically got the left and the right. And all people talk about is the left and the right. And we're gonna go into this. But people, what people miss is the ups and the downs. So um, basically how author, how authoritative um, politics are and also kind of libertarian or the state of nature is what I call it. And we're going to go f break through this um, political square as well, which is going to be really, um, hopefully should be quite profound because it's, I, I did some research and there wasn't much about this on, on YouTube. So I thought I'd include this in my video today. So, so politics and uh, investing are interconnected. So there's basically the, the decisions made by the policymakers have an impact on both our investing and our personal finances. So just a caveat before we start. So you can actually invest not even caring about politics. You can easily today put money into a, a, an index fund and you're going to buy thousands of companies all around the world. So it doesn't matter what happens in politics. So that's a great strategy to follow. If you want a bit more um, active investment, active involvement in your own portfolio, then you can actually pick and kind of work out what the policies or what the political parties are talking about, what their policies are, what their strategies are, and then you can have a, an investment strategy on the back of this. So this is quite exciting. You can actually be um, kind of pick your own investing strategies depending on what governments are talking about, what their policies are, what their what is in their manifesto, and then this can also this can knock on to your your personal finances. So yeah, so there's lots of decisions made by policymakers, and these have an impact on both investing and personal finances. So why? Let's go first of all. Why is it even? Why do you even need to care about politics? So there's basically it's breaking down to five things. So there's the macroeconomics, which is kind of the high level um, policies. There's regulations. There's trade, which is basically the the kind of the laws that they bring that bring in what you can and can't do. There's uh, you can legislate against a number of different things like energy, money, health, and depending on how strict the governments are, depending on how strict the regulations are. And this can impact into your investing um, decisions. 
You can have trade and geopolitics, uh, so Brexit is a really good example about this. Because the decisions made by people voting created Brexit, we left the uh, European Union, and this has had a knock-on effect on how our livelihoods are today, how, how we are impacted, inflation, how, how um, tariffs, policies, how it affects the flow of goods around into the UK and out of the UK. And so this has had, politics had a big impact of this um, recently because of Brexit. So government spending is another impact. We're going to touch on this. So spending decisions, infrastructure, transportation, utilities. These, these spending, spending decisions all impact on investment decisions and impact on businesses and where money is being spent. And then if money is being spent there, that's going to create jobs, that's going to create opportunities, that's going to create new businesses. And then social and environmental, so big impact on renewables, climate change. What government decisions on social and environmental factors knock-on effect into these key decisions and these key areas. So right, let's go, let's go into it. So let's talk about the first one, we talk about the macroeconomics. So macroeconomics is quite a big word, but it essentially just means the big overarching picture. Macro just means big, so it's big picture thinking. And this is things like inflation. So inflation, so we've, if you've been in um, any of my videos, we've talked about inflation a lot. So inflation has risen from 2% over to, it's, it peaked at around 11, 12% and it's dipped down around to about 8, 8%. So inflation is simply the spending power in your back pocket. So how much you can, you can spend in the shop and how much it costs, the cost of things in, in, the, in the goods and when you, go to, when you go shopping. So think of it like a basket of goods and the cost of that basket of goods. So recently, the cost of that basket of goods has gone up. So food prices have gone up, energy prices have gone up, cost of living has gone up, and this has impacted the things you can buy. Holidays are increasing, cost of fuel has gone up when you, if you fill your car up, and this is inflation. And believe it or not, the, the government have an impact on this. So the government have a target of 2%. The, gov the Bank of England have a target of 2%. So the Bank of England, although they claim to be independent, which they are, they are employed by the government. So the government choose who are going to be the, the government of the Bank of England, and then they have their decision. They have their decisions about e, the interest rates. So interest rates is the cost of borrowing, and this basically has a knock-on effect. These are all interrelated. So if interest rates go up, then tends to inflation tends to go down, and if inflation if interest rates are low, then inflation can creep up. And yeah, all, all these have a knock-on effect by government decisions. So inflation, the, good, the thing about inflation is good. Inflation is good for the government. Not many people talk about this, but inflation is good for the central government because it reduces debt. So UK have got a huge amount of debt burden at the moment, and they want to reduce this debt burden. Same with the USA. If you talk listen to anything um, in politics at the moment in the USA, it's a lot of talk about the debt ceiling. So there's a huge amount of debt that they need to pay back and they can't afford to pay back. So a huge amount of printing of money happened during coronavirus, during the Trump presidency. Literally trillions of dollars got printed, just got created out of thin air. And this had a knock-on effect into, into inflation. And then the government have to make these decisions on 
on basically how they can dampen inflation because this leads to people being upset unrest and can ha happen to can create riots and things like that if if inflation isn't under control so that's the one thing so inflation is one thing they they have um they have a two percent target the government and the, the bank of england so their decisions have a knock-on effect on inflation and interest rates so the next thing is taxation so taxation how much things get taxed so things have to get paid for the trains have to run hospitals have to you know help sick solve um reduce sick people schools need to educate people and this needs to get paid somehow and it gets paid by tax so tax gets paid and governments basically decide how to tax and how these things get taxed this could be income tax this could be um you, other things like pensions can be taxed differently or even things like land can be taxed differently and and as we said that um yeah, essentially the government can decide depending on which government you pick talking about we're going to go into the the political square depending on which government um, is in power depending on how things get taxed so the moment at the moment we have a conservative government and they tend to be for the establishment they tend to be for the rich they tend to be for the ruling classes they tend to be for the monarchy so they would they would tax depending on who funds their campaigns so the conservative government tends to be tax um, the working class so the income tax is much um, higher so there tends to be a higher income tax so that's 40 percent income tax which is really high compared to other governments where you could tax the rich you could tax um, land you could tax high net worth individuals so it's the government decides where to tax their money where to tax and this has a knock-on effect on um, where money comes from and this knock-on effects um, your personal finances your um, your investment decisions so for instance tax on pensions is a really good way to um, encourage people to invest for the future so at the moment we if you want to invest wisely you can put money to a pension and you won't you won't pay income tax on that so if you're a basic rate taxpayer you get 20 percent of your your money back so if you have 100 pounds and you put that money into a pension and you get 20 pound of that income tax back if you're a higher rate taxpayer so it's 40 percent you would get that and you put your money into a pension and you put 100 pounds in for instance you would get 100 pounds and you'd get 40 pounds back from income tax so that's amazing that's so and that's a way that the government can encourage you to invest so that's that's taxation that's that's what we talked about so government can decide how to tax the public and that has a knock-on effect on on other things like personal finances money and investments so another way is our so regulations so a government can decide on how to regulate and deciding on how strict or lenient they're going to be so it could be it's basically how how business operates so this can be in banking this can be in energy this can be in health so for instance i work in finance and 
money, anything to do with money is heavily regulated. So when I was a financial advisor, I had to be really careful on what I can and couldn't say because it's very heavily regulated. I had to make sure that I had lots of, um, the, my clients had to make sure they understood what they were signing up for. And yeah, so regulation is controlled by the government. And basically the government can decide how heavily regulated they're gonna be. So trades, the next one, number three, is trade and geopolitics. So we talked about Brexit. So Brexit is, this channel is called Millennial Money Mindset. And Brexit has been um, a really bad decision for millennials because there's a number of things they can't um, travel abroad and or work in the EU. They can't do a number of things. They can't, they're basically, um, many new opportunities have um, reduced closed old ones and yeah Brexit was been a really bad decision because it has um, basically cut off our allies which is France, Germany, Spain for instance where we exported imported a lot of goods and it's made it much more difficult to to do this and this has a knock-on effect into personal finances so or even your so where you can work for instance so you might have been able to work abroad you might have been able to work in EU countries much easier without a, um, any documentation and that's been reduced because of Brexit because we've lost our connection with e EU um, the European Union so trade politics policies like um, tariffs shaped the flow of goods and services. So and also international tensions as well because of Brexit potentially, because of the the government's decision to have that referendum and because the government's decision to um, yeah because the, the the public decided to go to have Brexit to leave the European Union. This has caused international. Uh, tensions. It had conflicts um, affected the market. So if um, it's going to create volatility, the ups and downs of the market, if if there aren't um, sound reasons for these kind of international tensions, this can cause volatility and also currency exchange rates. So the day when the, um, you, the UK came out of um, it was announced that Brexit was going to happen. I think it was in 2016. I remember I was I was at um, Glastonbury New Music Festival on that day, um, and the the currency exchange rate went went crazy because um, it was we we weren't going to have um, some of the the the, um, the 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 flows into into the EU from UK into the EU. So that's another one: trade and geopolitics. Number four is government spending. So this we're going through the list of how governments and investments are intrinsically linked so spending decisions things like infrastructure transportation utilities so government decide where they're going to spend their money and it depends on who are voting for them so if they're voting for if they're voting public are mainly for the in for the example of the conservatives they're going to they're going to spend on the people who put them into power so this is going to have an impact on things like construction so construction or housing, so I, I argue in my book, Millennial Money Mindset, that not enough houses have been built because it's in the interest of the, the government, the conservative government, to, for house price to be high. So why would they want lots of house houses being built? Because supply and demand sets the price. And if there's less supply of houses and more demand of houses, the price is going to go up. So people... Um, maybe conservative voters are much more likely to want high house prices. Conservative voters are much more likely to have 
house, they're gonna much more likely to be house owners. So they don't want their house prices going down in price. So they're more much, much more likely to vote for policies that promote high house prices, where for instance, other parties, Labour, Greens potentially, they're much more likely for their voters to want their people to get on or their voters to get on the housing ladder or be able to afford housing. But because the Conservative government have been in power for over a decade, that hasn't happened and house prices have risen. House prices have risen 500% since the 1990s. So that's government spending. And then finally, social and environmental. So the government decides on what social decisions are going to be made. Where is this money going to be spent? The government decides what environmental policies are going to happen. So decides if there's going to be renewable sources of energy. They're going to decide on climate change as well. So renewable source of energy. So the Conservative government, they haven't allowed wind turbines on land. So they've only allowed wind turbines offshore. And that's meant a massive reduction in the amount of wind energy available, amount of supply of wind energy, because there's no or very little turbines being built on land. And this has meant much less renewable energy being available. And things like solar panels as well also has had an impact. There's um, a vested interest in a lot of the Conservative governments to keep coal fire power stations, to keep oil um, and, and coal and nuclear as well. So, so there's been much less re renewables being um, built and being actually brought through. So just to summarise, yeah, how are the how is this dance between the politics and investing? So we talked about the government's impact and the macroeconomic, so interest rates. So interest rate has risen recently, and that's going to potentially to try push down inflation. So inflation is one way that governments can reduce, um, well, they tr governments essentially try to reduce inflation. The another, the second way the governments and um, politics and investing are linked is taxation. So how people are taxed. So are people taxed by the income tax? Are people taxed by land tax? Are people taxed by um, VAT, um, the value added tax? Or potentially there's incentives like um, pensions. So people, are, if people put money into a pension, they can be taxed much less. So you, there's encouragement if with these schemes they're encouraged to invest into a pension to reduce um, their tax and their pay their tax burden or even housing tax how much are people taxed on housing so that's taxations are there are there loopholes for tax rich people so there's lots of um, there's a non-dom which is basically um, people rich people can come in here without paying tax so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, loopholes for the conservative government that they've allowed which is um, which allows the to reward the people that are voting for them. They're rewarding the people who are funding them or for, who are paying for, um, yeah, basically paying for um, the, the the policies that are bringing in. So this is how the, there's, there's so much this intricate, intricate dance between politics and investing. So that's, that's taxation. So we talk about regulation. So the way that business operates. So um, this impacts investment decisions. So you could have a personal strategy of there could be new opportunities being 
coming about because of a, a reduction in regulation or you could see there's a new regulation coming in which could benefit um, maybe um, benefit the people who are going to be regulating there could be a business that are going to be regulating these this new AI potentially there could be a new re regulation on AI um, artificial intelligence and this could be really good news for a business that does these kind of regulation audits and you could buy shares in these companies and that could go up massively on the flip side you could think that actually if regulation does come in this could be a negative impact on AI um, companies um, like Microsoft or I can't remember that there's another well, I mentioned I did an AI uh, predictions for 2023 I listed a number of different um, companies that might benefit from AI so have a check out that video so this is um, how politics and investments are uh, intrinsically linked we talked about geo trade and geopolitics brexit for instance international tensions for instance russia invasion of ukraine ukraine and russia how this has an impact on investing if you've got in um, shares in russia for instance that's going to have an impact from the the tension there in russia and ukraine there's a number of different um uh, other other factors that could could impact the conflicts affecting markets volatility currency exchange rates for instance the next one we talked about number four was government spending so spending decisions infrastructure transportation utilities housing energy bills and depending on who's in power this is going to in fact impact the spending so yeah this is this is really interesting and uh, impactful but it's almost predicting who's going to happen to coming back to what you can control and what you can't control so you don't want to go all in on some of these decisions you want to have um you, these are these are more speculative plays these are more active investing rather than kind of passive automatic investment so that's government spending and then social and environmental factors so we talked about renewables if people if the government are bullish if they're positive on renewables then maybe you could buy companies that are going to benefit this if there if a government gets in who are um, who disagree with renewables who want to have coal fire power stations for instance if a lot of the government MPs are climate change deniers for instance I know that many people have spoken out on the uh, conservatives who don't believe in climate change I know a number of MPs or uh, one M MP Matt, uh, Matt Ridley for instance who's um, who wrote a book um, he's written a number of books he's an author but he also he owns a coal mine he owns a coal mine I think near Newcastle but he's also an MP so his decisions are going to be impacted by his money that he receives from this coal mine so he's going to be very bullish on coal for instance he's not going to want renewable energy he's want to he's going to want to keep um, yeah, how things are in the past. So that's a real kind of quick introduction on how politics and investments are uh, linked. Stay right there because we're going to go into something real interesting here. Because basically, we're going to talk about the political square. No one on the internet is really talking about this. I tried to do some research. So a lot of the talk is about whenever people talk about politics, is about the difference between left politics and right politics. So left wing and right wing politics. And I think it's missing half of the argument. So it's talking about left and right, but it's not talking about up and down, top and bottom. So it's not talking about, so basically authoritarianism, how authority um, impacts politics. So for instance, a real good example of this is 
totalitarian. So we go back to the Second World War. What was that war fought about? It was basically talked about the the main reason was we didn't want to have a massively... um, um, like a, a government, the Nazi Germany getting in where they, they control everything, a real strict regime where they don't allow freedom, they don't allow people's um, individual point of view. And this is, this is basically the top here. And at the bottom, we have what I call the state of nature. So state of nature or kind of libertarianism or you know, um, not libertarianism, so state of nature where you basically, if we'd gone back, say, um, a thousand years and we would be living in tribes, we might be living in just with our family units and there wouldn't be this government structure, there wouldn't be parliament, there wouldn't be, we wouldn't vote a thousand years because we weren't that developed. So this is basically going back to kind of caveman times, state of nature where we'd basically, yeah, so this is right at the bottom. So this is kind of um, grassroots or kind of, um, anarchists so where there's no kind of structure there's no not saying this is right or wrong this is obviously it's it's good that we've got society it's good that we've got structure it's got good that we've got a voting system it's good that we've got schools and hospitals and roads for instance so but it's just that the two poles these are like real extremes so you've got the real extremes of state of nature where there's no um, control you've got absolute freedom where you can run around wherever you want you don't need there's no land ownership or anything like that state of nature at the bottom and then you've got this authoritarianism i can't even say the word but it's basically this totalitarianism where you've got absolute strict control dictatorship and the real the best example of this is in george orwell's novels of 1984 so if you ever read 1984 this is where you've got a massive strict control of this the government's got massive strict control and this is the top and bottom and then you've got the left and right so you've got so the terms left and right wing come from um the 17th century in france where you had their their main parliament on the left hand side you had society for the community and on the right hand side you had the business interests and this is stayed in our politics today so we've got the left hand side the left wing which is the community the society best for um, yeah how to um, and you have um, yeah social parties which is more for the society and then on the right wing you've got business where you've got pure business on the right hand side and I've just basically listed all the different kind of um, the different kind of ideologies in this square which I thought was really interesting so at the bottom in this state of nature you've got kind of the anarchists where, who want to kind of go around and smash everything who don't want any kind of political structure and then you've got the the left here you've got kind of socialism you've got kind of I guess the green party would be kind of um, quite far to the left community and um, maybe far far down who grassroots they, they don't really they they promote freedom and they promote kind of um, equality and at the top here you've got kind of um, the left kind of top here you've got kind of communism here you've got kind of um, Hitler kind of Nazi Germany would be arguably would be real strict control real kind of uh, they rule with an iron fist um, and you've got kind of dictators here kind of the monarchy would be um, at the top here kind of authoritarianism and then on the right here you've got kind of business here so you've got at the right top you've got UKIP so you, you um, so UK Independence Party who want but kind of pro-business pro-authoritarianism and you've got kind of conservatives so where we are at the moment we're kind of quite high up top you've got quite a strict 
authoritarianism. They're basically, we're still ruled by monarchy. We have um, a king now and who has, um, and a lot of the, um, a lot of say in the House of Lords, a lot of the decisions, the, the laws that are made are made in the, um, who aren't even elected peer, the peers in the House of Lords decide a lot of our laws and who are in our House of Lords. So at the moment, we're actually, believe it or not, we're quite high up here in the um, authoritarianism and we're quite far to the right with business. So um, conservatism is known for pro-business. It's not very um, kind of community. They, they tend to not to fund schools, hospitals, um, and community projects as much as, um, say, Labour here, which would be kind of, further to the left or further to the community side. Um, you've got Lib Dems here, which is, would you be probably a little bit further to the left, a bit more community. And then you've got, um, at the there'd be further down, more towards um, kind of state state of nature, bit bit more promote kind of, as the, um, as their name entails, liberal, liberal, much more liberal kind of free thinking. Then you've got, on the right here, you've got Trump, which is probably tr tr pro-business, um, quite far down um, so yeah maybe not as kind of authoritarianism as potentially um, um, our, our government at the moment kind of further down to the right you've got Biden here which is maybe further up um, more con more control you could argue and then down here to the right you've got libertarianism which is probably more free thinking more um, yeah more kind of um, um, free freedom of speech, doing what you want, not being controlled by um, by um, parliament. Uh, you you've got more free freedom, and then you've got kind of laissez-faire, which is a French word for kind of um, do what you want. So it's basically without being controlled by um, a lot of um, government, etc. Like so, and that's just a real quick um, summary of what the political square is, and I. I I think this is super important. It kind of opens up a lot of debate about we, we get stuck in this kind of left, what right dis, um, um, debate, and we don't ever talk about the kind of the top and down, which I think is even more important because, um, especially as we go through COVID times where we, there was a lot of lockdown and there was a lot of debate about kind of um, how much control the government has over us and yeah, I, and how much kind of um, freedom we are allowed in in our day-to-day -day life so hopefully that's been useful so to summarize we go through we talk about this kind of the, this secret dance about between politics and investing and about how decisions made by policymakers have an impact on our investing and personal finances so if this has been useful please like please subscribe please tell a friend my name is neil doig i'm the founder of money tips we're different we educate empower and guide you to better investing rather than making specific, giving you specific financial advice, which costs you tens of thousands of pounds over your investing lifetime. We give you the tools, techniques, and the money tips to make your own decision with money. And we, by say, that means you can save thousands of pounds over your investing lifetime and give you the power to make your own decisions. So thanks so much. My name is Neil Doig. And yeah, please check out my other videos. And we, I also have many books I've got a number of books here that we publish so a book on by Henry Ford I've got see if you ever starting to trade I've got a trading planner here I've got a life planner it's actually by 
do you know by actually writing down your goals you're 42% more likely to achieve them so designed to basically plan out your life and actually take step by step lives um, step by step um, steps to do it so yeah and I've got a number of different other books here um, that's I've, that I've published science of getting rich I definitely re recommend and my life and work Henry Ford that's a real good book if you want to learn about business that's a real great book and I've actually got um, he's an innovator he basically changed how American industry changed forever he invented the um, the the conveyor belt basically and how he basically created these the car the modern the 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 car um the model t car by um and basically mass produce it to for everyone to 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 be able to afford and yeah so and they also got a great book on with leonardo da vinci that's uh, like a hidden gem if you haven't got that book read that he's got a book on um he wrote a book not he didn't just not just an artist he didn't just write mona lisa he uh, paint mona lisa he didn't just um write the uh, draw the last supper he even uh, basically invented the helicopter 500 years before anyone else did he's got sketches um of the helicopter and it's all in that book so yeah it's pretty fascinating so yeah buy that book and um yeah i get a small amount from each book bought and or if you want to learn how to invest, I've got a trading uh, investing um, course. I've got a trading course coming out that I've created at the moment. So loads of value there. And check out my podcast, Millennial Money Mindset. This is YouTube channel. And follow me on Instagram, follow me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter. So that's it for today. Thanks so much. Please press that like button. If you want more money in your pocket, more time in your day, more happiness in your life, press that subscribe button and you'll get more videos um, into your YouTube. So thank you so much. Take care and I'll speak to you another time.